And if you're new here, hi, welcome. If you like things strange and unusual and true crime, you can go ahead and hit that subscribe or follow button. You can also head down to the description box and you'll see a link that will take you to our link tree and you can find our um, social media there like Twitter, Instagram, and all that jazz. And all that jazz. Yeah. All right, guys. So we're back. Um, Hannah did not have a broken leg. Leg. Yep. Um, shin, nothing like that. She had, what did you have? A little bit of uh, damage. Bleeding, like, bone, bone bleeding. Bone bruise. And then like bone bruise. Bone and bleeding. Bone bruise. There was, there was bleeding too. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And, uh, oh, there was shredded tissue too. But I'm I'm doing better. Yeah. She's still having some swelling in her leg. Yeah. Having to ice it twice a day. But other than that, she's good to go. So, um. For anybody that was curious as to why we didn't have an episode last week, that's why she was going through a lot of pain and agony and stuff. Yeah. Um, so, I don't think there's anything else Mm-mm. we need to talk about. Excuse me. If I yawn during this, it's because it's late at night and we usually don't do it this late, but, you know, we stayed up watching True Blood. Yeah. We procrastinated. <laughs> I've never seen True Blood, by the way. Um, and I'm on season four. four. Yeah. It's pretty good. It's pretty good. It's pretty um, good. I never could watch it because I hated the accent. Like yeah. The thick. Their accents aren't country that. Country accent. But. Great, but there's some that do okay, but then there's yeah. some that's like, oh my God, please stop. It's too much. Like, But anywho. Okay. So today we're going to talk about a missing, well, child abduction case, basically. Um, this is in 1963 in the Bronx. Two kids went missing. Five-year-old Eddie Jr. and four-year-old Missy. Alice and Eddie Crimmins were the parents of these two. And I'm going to kind of talk about their relationship and just a whole bunch of different stuff to just hold on to your pants. So the five-year-old and the four-year-old were missing from their home and we'll get to that in a minute but Mm -hmm. um this case was pretty well known back in the day this a lot of people say this was like the 1960s version of casey anthony which after reading all this stuff like i don't agree with that at all um but i do agree with like some people that were like maybe it was more like oj simpson or something like that um it kind of gave me um oh my gosh that one. I can't think of it right now. The pregnant wife. The... And the guy. Oh, yeah. In California. Mm-hmm. I can't even think of it. I know what you're talking about. <laughs> you know what I'm talking about. Yeah. But it kind of gives me that kind of vibe. Um. Anyways, okay. So, Alice and Eddie, they got married very young. But after having two kids and getting into their mid-20s, Alice started like kind of falling out of love with life eddie was always like at the bar drinking he would go to work then he'd go hang out with the guys there wasn't a lot of passion in their marriage and alice said that she was craving more in her marriage eventually they separated in 1965 and alice lived in the same house it was either house or apartment i think it was apartment that her and the kids had lived in previously and then he moved out and got his own place 
In June of 1965, the two parents were going through a pretty nasty custody battle. Um, Alice had been sleeping around with a bunch of different men. Hmm. It's not said ever, like, how many men she was sleeping with, but this is the 1960s, so she could have been sleeping with, like, I don't know, five different men, and they were like, oh, my God. Yeah. She's sleeping with so many men. Like, you know, so... She's such a whore. <clears throat> yeah. That comes up a lot in this case, the the whore thing, so... Of course. But this was the 1960s, so keep that in mind. Um, so she was sleeping with a different guy. She was just living the single life, doing her, you know, single thing. Um, Eddie didn't want his kids exposed to that many men coming in and out, coming and going... And, of course, in the 1960s, like I said, this was, like, taboo. Some of the things that Alice did, though, didn't help her case, kind of. Um, one time, she left the kids with a nanny, and it was supposed to just be for the night. Mm-hmm. She said, I'll be back later. She left. This is what the nanny says. Well, Alice kind of corroborates it, too, a little bit. But So, she left, and she didn't come back for a couple of days. And she didn't oh. leave enough money for the nanny. So, she said she was going on this, like, party cruise ship, which mm-hmm. wasn't supposed to, like, leave the dock. They were just going to be in, in port and just party and then come back. Mm-hmm. Um, so, I guess, like, a yacht or something. But she said that she didn't realize that the yacht was going to sail away, and they did, and she didn't have any way of getting off the boat or contacting mm-hmm. anybody or anything like that. So, that was her story. Well, I mean, that's kind of understandable. Yeah, if it's true, that's definitely understandable. Um, the maid also claimed that she owed her like $600, but really she only owed her like 150 and the maid will come into play later, but, um, Eddie also wasn't all clean himself though. Eddie seemed a bit obsessed with Alice to the point where he would follow her around town, drive by her house to see who was there, who was coming in and out. He even went so far as to bug her apartment. He put a bug in her apartment and he would go into the basement while she was having a lover friend over and he would listen in on what they were doing right above the bed, right below the bedroom. Mm. And he, and also then like after listening, making sure like they were in the midst of like passion, he would like bust through the door and like get pissed and stuff. Keep in mind, like they're separated. So, I mean, they're going through a divorce. So, a little crazy. Alice was considered around town to be this, like, super hot um, woman that, like, she was just flawless, I guess you could say. A lot of women envied her, and a lot of guys wanted her, basically. So, June 14th, 1965 comes around. Alice woke up to um, get, like, the kids out of bed get him ready for what the day or whatever I don't know if the five-year-old went to school yet but when she opened the door to their bedroom it was empty she thought maybe Eddie took them um she didn't know if she if he took them to be vicious and mean or if you know it was maybe an accident or something Mm -hmm. maybe she overslept um too long and he came by so he she called him and she was like are the kids with you um you know do you have the kids? And Eddie tells Alice, no, I don't have the kids. She was like, don't play with me. You know, this is not funny. I know you have the kids. And he said, well, maybe go check outside. He said, I really don't have them. 
she was like, okay, so he goes and checks, she goes and checks outside because one time before this, um, the kids had like snuck out their window at one point and they were at like a neighbor's house Hmm. in the middle of the night or the next morning or something. It was weird. So anyway, she thought, okay, well maybe they've done that again. Yeah. So they weren't at the neighbor's. Eddie gets there and they end up calling the police at about 9.40 a.m. They're... The, now, when you call the police, and this is in the 60s, but they would pro- probably do it now, to be quite honest. Um, to have the missing report, you have to have, like, 24 hours or something? No. Or... So, they thought that someone had taken the kids, like, some, if someone had taken the kids, the police were like, that's kind of crazy. Like, this yeah. is, in the 1960s, there's not, hasn't been any child abductions in your area. Like, maybe... You know, you're just missing them. Maybe they just ran off or ran away or ran to the park or something like that. Uh-huh. However, an investigator named Jerry Peering, keep that name in mind, old good old Jerry here, had a feeling Jerry. that something was just off when he heard the phone call. So he got to the house with the police officer and he said that when he saw the mother... She didn't show any emotion. Her makeup was all done. Her hair was all done up in perfect position. And there were no tears or anything. That's weird. There was another thing he said seemed odd in the house as well. There was a lock. Like a hook. Like you know how they have the hook and they have the whole lock. Like Mm -hmm. latch or whatever. On the kid's bedroom. On the outside of the bedroom. Which essentially meant that the kids were being locked inside. There was also a bureau in front of the window that he claimed had not, had dust on the top of it, and the dust had not been disturbed. So, like, if somebody was to climb out of the window or in the window, whatever, there would be, like, handprints, or the dust would be, you know, moved or smeared or smeared. Smeared. Smeared or something like that. There wasn't any. Um, so... Yeah. So, wait. So, it's like somebody... It was in front of the window that was open. Oh. Because it looked like somebody, somebody either to come in the window or the kids had went out of the window. Hmm. Um, so, he also noticed a box of pasta in the trash and leftover pasta in the refrigerator and tons of liquor bottles that were... Some were empty and some were half empty. In Alice's bedroom, he noticed an address book that had tons of men's names in them. So right away, he can you can imagine that he's thinking, okay, she's just a whore, you know. Yeah. And then under the bed, he also found letters from very prominent men in society, like senators and politicians. Whoa. Men of power that had been writing... That scared the shit out of me. I'm sorry. <laughs> I don't know what's wrong with me. Katie, I didn't know she was laying there. My dog was laying right by the bed, and I almost just screamed in you guys' ear. Whew. Okay. (laughs) Jerry then tells his partner, hey, I'm going to talk to her alone. You go talk to Eddie. And and he said, I'm going to take this bitch. So right away, like right off the bat, he's obviously like... Not vibing with her. And he doesn't like anything that she's, like, doing. Um, Alice said after she, like, 
she later said that she just knew that he didn't like her and that he wasn't interested in like finding her kids. He was just interested in basically putting some putting somebody, somebody away, away because yeah. they're maybe have a promiscuous side or something like that. So So Alice sits down with Jerry and this is what she says. She tells Jerry yesterday she took the kids for a picnic. Called her lawyer and then went to pick up things for dinner at the store. She got some frozen veal, some string beans, and a soda. And witnesses would later say that they did see her come and come to the house with the kids carrying like a grocery sack. She said she fed the kids and called her lawyer again to talk about the custody case. She said they then went for a drive and like, it was kind of weird that they went for a drive, yeah, but she true. also said that she wanted to go by Eddie's apartment, his new apartment, just to drive by and see what it looked like, not go in, and oh. see his new place. So, she okay. kind of would do kind of what the same thing Eddie would. Like, sometimes she would drive by Eddie's house just to see if he had a woman there, but mm. not as much as Eddie did. Like, she didn't follow him around town or nothing like that. Then, they drove back home after a little... And she said that she bathed the kids, put them to bed. The kids' screen window, like their screen on their window, had a hole in it. And the liquor bottles that were empty was because she said, I was throwing them away the next day. She was doing all this because she was going to replace the screen, the hole, the, the screen. She was having somebody come out to replace that. Because the, um, I guess, I don't know what it would be, basically like CPS was yeah. coming by the next day to evaluate the home and look at everything and make sure the kids were good because they were going through a custody battle. So somebody mm -hmm. was coming by to like check everything out. The liquor bottle, she said she was getting ready to throw away because she was trying to get rid of the liquor. It wasn't that she was an alcoholic. She just had it around when she wanted a drink. And um, then the, what did I say? Oh, the screen. Yeah, the screen. <laughs> so, the screen was scheduled to get fixed, and she didn't want someone thinking that she, like, she removed the screen from her kid's window that was broken, and she was going to put a new one up, but something happened. I don't know what it was. Anyways, long story short, she put the old one back up. She put the okay. one that had a hole in it, and she couldn't f push it all the way in. So, the bottom of it was left open. So, it was very easy for someone to come up to the window, pop that off, push the window up, and oh. get in. So, um, about 8.30 that night, she said that the kids were getting ready to say their prayers. And when they were getting ready to say their prayers, um, there's also a witness that can corroborate this. Actually, a few witnesses. They said that they did pass by the kids' window, and they could... Um, Hear, actually hear the kids saying their prayers. I guess the window was up or something okay. like that, you know. Because it was, it was, this is in June, so I mean it's, and it's in New York, so it's summer and, okay. you know, it's nighttime, so yeah. it probably feels about 60s outside or something like that. I was that. about to be like, so people just go in their backyard? like. like no, 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 <laughs> this is an apartment, so it's probably like the yeah. front well, it is actually, it's the front part of the, ha of the okay. I was thinking it was like a situation. Like a backyard and all no, that no. stuff. I was like, why are they in We're their in backyard? The backyard? Like, walking by. Just walking my dog. <laughs> um, 
<laughs> no, but anyways. So, um, she said after this, she called one of her male friends named Tony. Tony. She said, this is a little weird. She said to him, hey, what are you doing? He was like, I'm at a bar. She was like, oh, okay, I'll come out, you know, to the bar. And I'm thinking probably what you're thinking is like, well, did she call the babysitter? Was she going to call yeah. the nanny? Why is she Nobody saying knows. this? Um, she may would have called the nanny. We just don't know. And he was like, no, that's fine. I'm calling it a night. Like, don't worry about it. She then gets another phone call from another guy. His name is Joe. He's going to come into this a lot. But Joe, she doesn't really like him. He's married with seven kids. And um, mm -hmm. that was another reason why people didn't like her. It's because she was actually screwing married men. Mm. But, you know, whatever. Um, that doesn't mean you're a murderer. So she, uh, she was like, no, I don't really want anybody coming over. I don't have a nanny and I can't go anywhere. So she told him she couldn't get a nanny, but she told Tony That's weird. that she could come out. So yeah. I don't know. Unless she tried to see if she could get a nanny and maybe the nanny was like, yeah, I can't. Yeah, I'm busy or know. something. Yeah. She then said that, um, she, around midnight, decided to take Eddie Jr. to the bathroom. She then said that she <clears throat> cannot remember if she latched the lock back or not after she took him to the bathroom. Also, did she have an explanation for that lock? I'm getting to that. Okay. So the lock was on the door, she said, because Eddie Jr. would sneak out of the room in the middle of the night and eat out of the fridge. I mean, there has some kids do do that, but I don't really know that I would go as far as to lock my kids in their bedroom yeah. unless it was like... They were sleepwalking and walking outside or something like that. Yeah. And then I wouldn't lock them in the room. I'd lock them in the house. Is but she saying, like, he's sleepwalking eating? No, or like, he's, just, he's just waking up and going out and eating, you yeah, know, everything out of the fridge. Don't um, lock him in the room. That's I wouldn't lock weird. my kids in the room because I'd be scared, like, what if there's a fire yeah. or something? Like, you never know. <clears throat> if there's a fire in their room, they can't get out. Yeah. So, yeah, I think that's just not a bright idea. But... She then said she took her dog Brandy for a walk, then fell asleep on her bed after she got back, and around 2.45, she heard something. She didn't know what it was, but it was, whatever it was she heard, it woke her up. So something woke mm -hmm. her up from her sleep. She didn't go investigate it because she wasn't sure if she heard something or maybe it was a dream or something that just startled oh, her awake. okay. I've been like that. Like, you hear something. Yeah. And you wake up and you don't know if it was in your dream or it was A little bit later after this, after 2.45, she said that um, she got a phone call from Eddie, which probably seems really weird because this is 2.45 in the morning. Like, why is my ex-husband calling me? Mm -hmm. But anyways, they talked about the custody battle and all this crap and were arguing. She said she finally went to sleep about 3 or 4 o'clock. While Jerry is talking to Alice, the other police officer is talking to Eddie. So here's Eddie's story of his day. <laughs> it's a little it's a little more suspicious than her, but whatever. Eddie said he played golf that day. He then had some beers at the golf club and then went by one of Alice's guy's houses, like one of his her guy friends that she okay. was sleeping with, yeah. just to see if she was there. He tells the police this. Mm -hmm. um, he wanted to see if 
like her car was there or whatever. He said that he then uh, gets home at around 5 o'clock. Around 11 that night, he decides to order a pizza. Super late, but okay. Then he said he went out to a bar and had some gin and tonics, which a lot of people thought was really weird because Eddie's like a beer drinker and they don't really ever see him drink like yeah. liquor. Around 2.45, he finished at the bar and he admits that he did drive by Alice's house to scope out the area like he does normally. Uh-huh. Now he said he stayed in the car, but... There have been witnesses that said that they thought they saw somebody matching his description standing outside the kid's bedroom um, window. Outside their bedroom window. And remember, 2.45 was the time that she kind of got startled, woke up from something. She didn't know what it was. I mean, it's pretty much copy and paste evidence. Come on, man. (laughs) He said he noticed she was up because her light was on and that he decided to go home and call her. So he went home, called her, just like... You know, that she said they they talked on the phone. And then he goes to bed around 4 o'clock. The police then decide to take both parents down to the station for further questioning while they process the house and everything. Now, this is in the 1960s, so processing of the house was really shitty. I mean, you know, it was sloppy at best in the 70s and 80s, so I can just imagine the 60s. They didn't do their job very well getting evidence, collecting fingerprints, none of that stuff. They didn't even collect fingerprints from outside the window. Like, you know, to see if there was any fingerprints outside the window. That would be the place that somebody would have came through. Yeah. Also, a witness said that she saw a stroller with a box in it near the apartment. Like, outside. When the police got there, it was more near the window. And it seemed like no one thought that was a good idea to collect it or, like, take evidence from it. Because the thought was... If there was a stroller with a box in it that was by the window, then somebody crawled on the box and climbed in the window. But the police were like, eh, fuck it. And oh pushed it aside. <laughs> like, whatever. Okay. Now, Sounds that right. afternoon, Jerry did something pretty shitty. He um told Alice, he was like, we're going for a drive. Jerry is the detective. Yeah. He then got her in the car and he drove her, you know, wherever he was driving she had no idea um he then pulls her out of the car when they get stopped in this area pulls her out of the car grabs her by the arm walks her down to wherever all these police officers were standing and press and um shows her her daughter's lifeless body missy was dead and he wanted her to identify her right there oh my god yeah um he made her identify he made her identify her in front of everyone and reporters oh and all God. that. Alice reporters cried. were there? Repor- reporters were there. Alice cried and collapsed right there on the floor. Later, Alice said that she was in such shock that she doesn't even remember any of it. Like, not at all. Hmm. She then um, also said, well, he, Jerry said that she collapsed and she did cry, but then as soon as the reporters left, she was fine. But that's not what Alice says. That's not what Alice says. Um, So after all this, she then gets released and was um, sent back home. And her mother was there to, like, you know, help her or whatever. So, yeah, they find Missy. But they have not found Eddie yet. The police also tried to get um, 
the parents to like rat on one another, especially Eddie, because they were trying to be like, you know, she killed him, she killed them, blah 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 blah. But he wouldn't. He said neither one of us would have ever killed our kids, and especially not Alice. Missy's autopsy then came back that she did not have any sexual assault. And now the one thing that was weird was the stomach content. It revealed that she had some veggies and pasta noodles, which if you remember, Alice said that she fed them veal that night with string beans. Mm -hmm. And Jerry saw the pasta box in the trash. So she had pasta in her stomach. She didn't have veal in her stomach. My thing is, why would she lie? Like, what's the point in lying well, about what the stomach maybe content was? she forgot. Maybe she thought it was yesterday. She's that, like, oh, yeah, something. I gave him that, but she really gave him pasta. Also, I know? don't understand. Jerry used this to try to say that she was a liar. But what if she really did feed... Like, my, I make, I make all kinds of shit. But then my daughter's like, I don't want that. I want corn dogs or I want ravioli and I I wouldn't remember in the and especially in the moment of that I'd be like yeah I made stew for everybody last night and I wouldn't even think what if it was like Tuesday but she's like "Uh, I made I think stew. I don't know I don't don't care can you find my kids yeah exactly and I don't understand what's the like like why would she lie about that why yeah like oh no I'm gonna tell him I made stew instead of pasta because pasta is like a devil thing yeah i don't get it like no one of the worst things about this case is the medical examiner always (laughs) he said at first he couldn't remember or pinpoint a time of death like it was absolutely virtually impossible to pinpoint a time of death he said it was somewhere between 10 and 4 a.m but however he said i cannot pinpoint this but wouldn't you know it of course his story changes in the end (laughs) like always now, five days after this disappearance of Eddie Jr., um, he is finally found. They couldn't tell his cause of death, though, because his body was so badly decomposed. They assumed that he probably died sometime around the same time Missy did mm-hmm. um, because the, of the decomposition. One thing I couldn't find is why were they in two different places? Um, yeah. The kids' house was only a couple of miles from where they were found. And they weren't super far apart, but they weren't, like, right beside each other. So, in an area, like a wooded area, maybe he was over here and then, like, two football field lengths, you know, Missy was on the other side. So, it wasn't Mm -hmm. super far apart, but it wasn't, like... I mean, if you're going to dump some bodies, you're just going to dump them out right there, you know? Like, if it was the mom, why would she do it in separate places? That's just very weird. Yeah. They do not arrest Alice right away. Alice and Eddie try to get back together, um, but, you know, a lot of people, grief sometimes brings couples together, but it just really wasn't working for them, and they ended up separating, and Alice started seeing other men again. It was during this time that the police started bugging her house, phone, and someone was always watching her, following her everywhere she went. They were trying to find any link to her that they could for the crime. For over two years, they did this. But... But they're not looking for... Are they looking for anyone else? No, not really. Oh my god. But nothing came up. They couldn't find anything. They didn't have anything incriminating nothing they also were watching eddie a little bit as well the police noticed someone i mean the police noticed something weird um 
with Addie? Yeah. Like, how did my kids... He, he kept asking, like, how did my kids die? Um, you know, he would say... They would be like, well, you know, they died. We're not really sure. He wanted to know... It was just weird. He wanted to know, like, every detail of their death. Okay. Almost as, like, he wanted to know how f- much the police knew mm. type situation. He's just really also, suspicious. he would... Like, that Christmas, this was in June, that Christmas, he, like, decorated his house with, like, Christmas lights and, like, festive shit. I mean, not that big of a deal, I guess, but... Yeah, but if you're depressed about your kids, you wouldn't be doing that, especially Christmas I think Christmas Christmas would be the worst holiday, especially after Mm -hmm. my kids just, like, I wouldn't even want to do anything. And, you know, it was just really weird. Just some suspicious... Suspicious things. They gave Eddie a lie detector test. He passed. But come to find out, a few days before the lie detector test, Eddie had checked out three books at the library. What books were those? They were How to Pass a Lie Detector Test. Yeah. He, he checked those books out at the library. He's so guilty. It's not even funny. At some point, also, it comes out that Eddie told Alice that he had exposed himself to some girls at a park, like, a couple of weeks before the kids went missing. Like, exposed himself, you know. Yeah. Um, I don't know that anything, nothing was ever done about that, but she did, he did tell her that. Okay. Now, Alice knows that the police are looking in on her, like, all these, almost three years of this crap. And every time she would get a job or... This is fucked up. Every time she would get a job or use her maiden name to get the job because everybody around town knew her as Alice Crimmins. And they were like, oh, that's the woman that killed her kids. You know? So she wouldn't tell her employers about this. Mm -hmm. The police would come and tell the employer. Are you serious? By the way, this is Alice, the one that, you know, we're looking into. And she would lose her job. You have no evidence. Exactly. Not a single bit of evidence. Yeah. At this point, I mean, it's harassment to me. Yes, you need to sue. I would sue the fucking police. By year three, they decide that they were going to go after her. They needed the medical examiner to say that the kids died by midnight. Like, that was the one thing that they needed. If they could get that... And wouldn't you know it, he finally agreed that, yes, after thinking about it and whatever the fuck he said, he determined that the kids did die by midnight and he would go Mm -hmm. on the stand to testify. They got the grand jury to indict her for murder. And they also found a letter, like they had had this letter, but they had not really, like somebody had just pushed it aside and they found it eventually. It was a letter. I gotta get my phone out because I gotta read the letter. Um, it was a letter by a woman that, well, it was a woman that was anonymous at first, but I'll tell her name in a minute. So she says, Dear, this is the letter. Dear Mr. Hintel, have been reading about your bringing the Crimmins case to the grand jury and glad to hear of it. May I tell you? of an incident that I witnessed. It may be connected, may not, but I feel better telling it to you. This was the night before the kids went missing, but at the press report that the handyman saw, so there was like a handyman that saw um, 
so, I can't remember what it was. Somebody in the where he thought he saw somebody in the window or something, but it it wasn't. Come to find out, it was bullshit. So, anyways, that doesn't matter. Um, the night was very hot, and I could not sleep. I went into the living room and was looking through the window, and trying to get some air. It was about 2 a.m. A short while later, a man and a woman walked down the street towards 72 Road, which is like close to where the her apartment was. Mm-hmm. Um, the woman was about five feet in the back of the man, like behind him. She was holding something that appeared to be a bundle of blankets that were white and under her left arm, and was also holding the hand of a child in her right hand. He now hollered at her and said, hurry up. She told him to be quiet. Someone will see us. At that moment, I closed my window and it squeaked and they looked up but didn't notice me. The man took the white bundle and he heaved it into the back of his car. She picked up the little baby and set him in the back of the seat. This woman was then like what she looked like Mm -hmm. with dark hair. The man was tall, not heavy, with dark hair and a large nose. This took place under a street light, so I was able to see quite plainly. The car turned into the corner of 153 Street onto 72 Road and out of the boulevard. Please forgive me for not signing my name. I am afraid to. Best wishes, best of luck, a reader. P.S. About an hour later, I thought I saw the man getting into a late model white car. Mm-hmm. That's the letter that they they heard. Or, <laughs> they heard. That's the letter that they got. Um, where am I on my paper? They wanted to find the person that did this, right? So, they eventually tracked her down. It's not that hard to do if you know where she was looking from in the apartment complex. I mean, you can figure it out. So, the woman's name was Sophie. And she was kind of weird. She had insomnia. She was a middle class lady. And a lot of people said that she would make up extravagant stories. Like her friends would say this. Mm. With with these two things, they decided to arrest Missy for murder. And... Wait, what? Like with the letter and the, and the uh, medical examiner. So they really are going to yeah. arrest her? Yeah. Um... So, they couldn't arrest her for Eddie's murder because of the decomposition. They didn't know a cause of yeah. death or anything. But they did arrest her for Missy's murder. She was bailed out. And months went by after she was bailed out. Her lawyer was like, okay, something's got to give. Like, you either charge her or you drop the charges because you don't have enough evidence. Even the judge was like, yeah, guys, you got to charge her or move on with your lives. Because we can't, she can't sit here for months just waiting. Yeah. Um, So, the prosecution finally decided they would go through with it. The jury of her peers was picked. And you can imagine what was on it. What do you guess? Women? Jury of her peers. Of her peers? It was 12 guys. 12 middle-aged men. Of course. That's the jury of her peers. Um, The prosecution were trying to basically make her out to be like this hussy that didn't really want her kids around because you know she just wanted to live life on the fly or whatever which at that point i'm like why wouldn't she just give them to her ex-husband if you're gonna have nothing but then it's not gonna work they're gonna not see what she's going through as a mother and everything yeah 
The medical examiner comes up and starts talking about the time of death, shows the stomach content, tries to plant, pimp, you know, plant her as a liar. Mm. Sophie. I can't get over the food. Yeah. Is, uh, evidence. I can't. <laughs> Sophie, the woman that wrote the letter, she then starts telling a much more elaborate story. She said that the person that she saw that night was definitely Alice. And she said that even she overheard Alice talk about her dog being pregnant. Which is weird because here's the deal. Alice, you know, I told you she took the dog out to pee. Yeah. She had to do that a few times in the middle of the night. She's pregnant? Yeah. Uh She didn't know she was pregnant. Alice had no idea she was pregnant. Nobody knew she was pregnant. It was actually like a like a kind of a a wow thing in the in the commu- like in the little community that she was living in whenever the pu- they had puppies oh. because a few days after the kids went missing in the middle of all this they had puppies and Alice was like oh my god I had no idea she was pregnant and you know all the kids yeah. in the neighborhood were like oh you know and she had no idea mm-hmm. so how the fuck did she hear her say that when Alice didn't even know at the time if that was really Alice standing outside. Exactly. Yeah. Joe visits Alice in the back of the waiting, like, trial area. Mm-hmm. Remember Joe was the guy that she really doesn't like, but he's, like, in love yeah. with her. He he comes to her, and he wants her to marry him. He's like, I want you to marry me. I need you to tell my wife. Like, I want you to marry me. She's like, I'm not marrying you. Um... He said, well, if you're not going to marry me, then will you at least tell my wife and, like, us try to work things out because I don't want to be alone, you know, blah, blah, blah. She was like, sure, I'll do that. So. She's kind of going through a lot, dude. I don't think she really cares. She said, I'm not really, that's even what she said. She was like, I'm not really, like, caring about this right now. Like, I'm on trial for my kid's murder. Like. Yeah. I don't really care. Um, but make a long story short. The police obviously get to him, and that's what they do with a lot of people. Like, they, it's been said that a lot of times the police, in this case, would, like, go to the person and be like, we have evidence against you and such and such. Well, one of the things they had against him was that he was going to a gay bar, I believe. Mm-hmm. And so, he didn't want that out, like, at all. And, um, so, he turned on Alice. After this, he leaves, and he ends up testifying against her. Joe gets called to the stand and the police had some stuff on him like I said so he said that Missy and this is the courtroom drama he said Missy told me that she wished I would have been there that night because things would have been different and she wouldn't have killed her kids and the whole courtroom's like (gasps) and she jumps up and she's like you fucking lie. I don't know if she says fucking, but she's like, you're a liar, you know, and she's like, I can't believe you do this, Joe, and blah, 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 and so the courtroom's like, you know, erupting, and oh, the tea is piping hot, and (laughs) southern ladies are getting their fans out. Oh, my lord. Well, they're they're in New York, but yeah. So, after this, the defense puts Alice on the stand. They've tried pretty much everything they can. The prosecution's rest. So, they've tried to debunk all, you know, clear all her lies and rumors and everything. And they decide, let's put her on the stand. Um, it, it goes well for her until up to a point. And this is, like, one of the things that's 
remembered about the case as well. The prosecution asked some, this is weird. The prosecution asked, does Joe have a pool? She said, yes. Have you swam in his pool? Yes. What were you wearing? She said, well, the first time I was wearing a bathing suit and the second time I was wearing nothing. Where were the children when you were swimming in with nothing on, no bathing suit in his pool? She said they were dead. They had died already. So basically they're saying, like, I don't know why that's such a big deal. They're basically showing that after her kids died, she, just she went, went to... over and screwed him and swam yeah. naked in his pool. But what if she just did it because she was still sleeping with guys even after her kids died? Yeah. How long was this? This is three years? Was this, like, right after the murder? Or... I don't know. I don't know if this is right after. I don't know if mm-hmm. this is, like, a year after. No idea. I don't know why that's, like, the one thing in this case that's, like, you read everywhere, you know? Alice said years later that she knew she was cold and callous when she was talking to the prosecutor on the stand, but she was so upset with the fact that they were trying to just bring up her sex life and not focusing on the truth. In the end, though, the jury said it was ultimately the medical examiner's testimony that made them find her guilty of manslaughter of Missy and sentenced her to 5 to 20 years in 1971, she got a um, she got gr- she got granted a new trial, and the second trial didn't really go so well for her. Alice sees this new trial though as like a t- like taking a turn and like going for the bad, so she goes to the media and she begs the media, please, if anyone knows anything about that night, to come forward. A man by the name of Marvin called the defense office and said, I think the people that the woman Sophie mm-hmm. claimed she saw on the street was actually me and my wife and not at least Alice. Which makes sense because who was the fucking man that was with her? Like, yeah. we're not going to go after Eddie or yeah, Joe exactly. or any of her boyfriends. They just were the like, case. yeah, just the girl. Just yeah. her. The second trial, she was also found guilty of first degree murder of both kids. Two years later, she appealed, and it was overturned the conviction for Eddie since the decomposition and everything, and they couldn't determine a, a death, a, a death, a cause of death. Yeah. But Missy's still stood. She went back to prison, and she didn't get out until her parole in 1977. There were other suspects. A boy who took his own life two weeks after the kids were murdered. He actually confessed to a teacher that he was responsible for the murder and a priest. He was also a kid that had some brain damage, but he was also a police officer's son. Mm. There were also reports of a man breaking and entering into homes just four days before the kids went missing. And he broke in, he would usually just steal stuff, but at one point he broke into a home and the son of the person that lived there was about five or six came out caught him and the man was like come with me yeah let's go like come with me you know not snatched him up and took him but was persuading him and the boy was like no 
and the man just left. Mm -hmm. But what if he, like, he was wanting to take the child, so wouldn't you want to look in further into him? It's like they just were like, her, let's just prove it's her (laughs) and get this over with. So also, I'm giving you all the facts at the end. Also, there was a single fingerprint in the house that did not match anybody in the house or anybody outside of the house. It didn't match Eddie. It didn't match any of her lovers that they knew about that they tested it on. Not her, not the kids, nothing. She is rumored to be living in New York now, and she never had kids. She did marry her lover, Tony, though, um, but they never had kids. I don't know if that's... Some people are like, well, she didn't have kids because she never really wanted them. But then some people are like, maybe she didn't have kids because... She can't have her kids, kids anymore? Like, she, like not like she can't, like, physically she can't you're saying deal that she, with that anymore. You're saying that she can't deal with the thought of losing them. Exactly. Or losing another kid. Like, yeah. that would be my first... That's my first thought. She wrote in books... Um, she wrote a book, and then there's other things where she has said that you know, she did grieve for her kids. She just tried not to do it in front of police and all of that. Hmm. Which, I don't really understand that. Um, but do I think that she did it? I don't know. What do you guys think? Personally. <laughs> I don't think she did There's it. no evidence pointing towards her. Yeah. I mean. There's, like, when we say. There's really none. This is literally the first case when there's, I'm going to say it literally not a stitch of evidence. No. Even the prosecutor for the first trial even said later on, like years later, he said he couldn't even believe that people bought what he was selling because he didn't even believe that she did it. Oh my gosh. Yeah. How could you do that? How can you know someone's not guilty and just be like, eh, whatever. Throw them in prison. I don't care. And... I don't know why nobody ever looked into Eddie. Sorry, Eddie, but you were a little suspicious. And you were kind of weird, stalking your wife. He would have the most to gain from the kids. Exactly. Because he he already knew, like, the maid. Oh, by the way, I I forgot to mention this. The maid that... You know, said oh, you. She owed me six hundred dollars. It was actually a hundred. She left the kids with me. Blah blah blah. So she was actually she called Alice and she said that she wouldn't testify against her in the custody battle if she would just pay her six hundred dollars. Which Alice was like, "Fuck you! I'm not doing that." Yeah. Whatever. God, why are there so many but, awful people in this, Lord? So if Eddie found out about that, he was probably thinking, "Okay." I'm going to lose my kids. I don't have any grounds to stand on. She's going to bring up me following her around and getting mad and busting in and bugging her house. So, wouldn't he be the one that would kill the kids? You know? But I don't know. Maybe not. Maybe it was one of these other people. <laughs> like the guy that was breaking in and entering. Or that kid. Anybody that else. They didn't investigate the cop. anybody. They just pointed the finger and they were like, yeah, you instantly. All, all that boy said is that he was responsible for the murders but it wasn't elaborated as to why or nothing like that but he told a teacher and his priest. So anyways, what do you guys think? Do you think she did it? Um, like I said, it's been I'm sorry but if you think Casey Anthony um, was not a murderer I'm, you just need to go ahead and quit listening to our podcast right now. Because um, she was. 
100%. I haven't done that story yet because it's been done so many times. But even if we do do it, it's going to piss me off so bad. It's kind of like, uh, what's his yeah. name? He kills his kids and his wife. That, oh, that yeah. asshole. He that pisses asshole. me off, too. So, <laughs> it's really hard for me to do cases like that. Um, I was so mad when Casey Anthony did not go to jail. I, I remember that very vividly. I, I would watch that. it <laughs> with yeah. Dad. And I was like, what the fuck? I was so mad. I was like, are you... I, I thought, like, the world was supposed to end. I was like, there's no way. There's no way that she didn't kill her kid. And I they're just how, letting her walk away. I love how this case, there's not any evidence. And there was so... Mm-mm. And she goes to jail. But there was so much evidence in that case. In, in that case, and yeah. And she goes free. It's just really... Well, she had time served, but whatever. Yeah. Um, Yeah, I mean, and Casey Anthony lied... But this woman didn't lie as big as her. Like, Casey Anthony, I'm just comparing because a lot of people compared hers to this. Casey Anthony completely walked the police into a building that she said she was working at, Universal. Walks them all the way to, like, her office. And then before they get there, she's like, yeah, so I lied. I don't work here. Like, yeah, that's a lie. <laughs> like, what exactly. The... Not, oh, what? And that's a big deal kids. because she was supposed to be at work while her daughter was missing. So, you know, obviously she wasn't at work because she didn't work there. So this woman didn't do that. Only thing she lied about was, and she didn't, and she might not have lied. She just forgot that she fed her kids some macaroni and cheese because her kid probably didn't want veal. She was like, yeah, I don't want that. I want mac and cheese, you know? Yeah. Um, and then... I don't know. It's just crazy. So, anyways, good old 1960s. Um, pinpointing murder on women who they think are whores. But who, who gives a shit? old like, story. I don't care. She slept with a hundred men. She could have been a prostitute. That doesn't mean that she's a, a murderer. murderer. <laughs> like, <laughs> whatever. Alright, guys. So, we will see you guys next time. Don't forget to go watch us on YouTube. Go subscribe. Um, and then also... Give us a review on um, Apple. We have a few reviews on there, but we need some more. Let's pump up the numbers. And yeah, I guess that's it. So we will see you guys next time. Bye. Bye.